Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Brian Appleby Weinberg, and the maladjusted mystery man himself, Joey Tartell. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. We wish we could claim the original idea to start the World Trumpet Federation, but we cannot. But we are proud to carry on the dream of our patron saint, Anton Weidinger, who actually predicted our existence in the late 1700s. It was the exact moment that his friend Franz Joseph Haydn handed him the first draft of his concerto, to which Weidinger replied, WTF, the rest, as they say, is history. And we truly believe that Anton Weidinger would be proud to see how his dream has become a reality as the WTF is now home to the Open Bell podcast and much, much more. We are here for you, our trumpet-playing friends and neighbors. And just as Anton predicted, the WTF is your one source for the truth about trumpet. And, of course, pink hoodies. Just go to www.worldtrumpettfederation.com or email us at theopenbell at gmail.com for your direct access to all the goodness the WTF has to offer. And by Dylan Music. Not only is Dylan Music a sponsor of the Open Bell podcast, they are industry leaders in helping get great horns into the hands of great players just like you. And they do this with a great inventory, great pricing, and an amazing staff that is standing by to help you. During last week's episode, we assigned homework for the semester break, and one of our suggestions was to plan a trip, a sojourn, a pilgrimage, if you will, to Woodbridge, New Jersey, to the epicenter of trumpet, the heart of hornland, the crown jewel of cornets. Dylan Music. And if you heed our advice, you will not be disappointed. Every time I've sent someone to Dylan's, our good friends Jim McCombs and Perry Sutton have hooked them up with great deals and amazing service. Of course, if you can't make it, just give them a call at 732-634-3399 for all the information you need. Or go to www.dylanmusic.com to get the answers you seek and the gear you want. And don't forget the promo code OPENBELL5 for you to get 5% off of all your accessories. Dylan Music, musicians helping musicians since 1992. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments. Warming up a couple of things and no offense. We use these segments to mine, master, and manipulate information that should be mandatory for many, many trumpeters. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by Chop Saber, that perfect all-natural lift treatment created by the one and only Dan Gosling, inventor, entrepreneur, cowboy. Cowboy? <laughs> Value this time in your life, kids, because this is the time in your life when you still have choices, and it goes by quickly. When you're a teenager, you think you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. Your 30s, you raise your family, and you make a little money, and you think to yourself, what happened to my 20s? In your 40s, you grow a little pot belly, and you grow another chin, and you buy three more trumpets. The music starts to get too loud. No offense to you personally, Brian. And one of your old girlfriends from high school becomes a grandmother. No offense, Joey. Your 50s, a tuba player friend has a minor surgery. You call it a procedure, but it's a surgery. Your 60s, you may have a major surgery. The music is still loud. No offense to you personally, Brian, but it doesn't matter because you can't hear it anyway. In your 70s, you and your wife move to Fort Lauderdale. You start eating dinner at 2, lunch around 10, breakfast the night before. No offense, Scott. And you spend most of your time wandering around malls looking for the ultimate in soft yogurt and muttering, how come the kids don't call and why is the 70s still a thing? By your 80s, you've had several medical setbacks and you end up starting a big band and assisted living facility to play for the opening of Colonoscopy Week. Any questions? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Speaking from Spectacular. personal experience. Spectacular. <laughs> There it is. Very impressive. Hey, 
Don't forget to use that promo code. Promo code! To get 15% off your order. Go to www.chopsaver.com today. And have our own very, our own, very own city slicker. There he is. Yes. <laughs> our own Billy Crystal in the our house. Our own Billy Crystal. <laughs> right. Brian Appleby Weinberg. Yeah. I'm not a country boy, that's for sure. Okay. Great old, great old so movie, my, wasn't it? Funny movie. That actually, that is a, a very funny movie. Yeah. So my, my quest to infuse the podcast with more cornet all the time i want to talk about just a little bit and you guys can i want to you want your opinion why not insist that when people are playing art of phrasing that they play it on a cornet well i have two, two and on top of that. that oh that wasn't the why, end okay that's not the end <laughs> the twofer is if this is the way we're supposed to learn how to play music and a musical phrase why not insist that people play them musically? Okay, the second <laughs> one's rhetorical. Um, <laughs> because if we're playing music, we absolutely should be playing it musically. But there's a real answer to this, is that uh, at least where I am where I am right now, where I'm teaching at a college, most students here don't have a cornet. Yeah, but don't you have like a cadre of cornets in your office? Like I have, I'm staring at 14 have, of them right now. I have, I have two cornets in my office. There you go. But yeah. that means having an appropriate mouthpiece for that student, and then they wouldn't be able to practice on that. I mean, I have a lot of students that only have one extra cornet. Right. How many students do you have? Uh, well, I have nine this semester. It looks like I'm going to have ten next semester. So they could do it for that week at least. Who for could do week, what for give, what week? Give them, give them a cornet for a week, give them a mouthpiece for a week, and make them play a bunch of art of phrasings for you. Mm. You're saying then rotate it. And then rotate it around. You know... When people play it on the trumpet, what, when you listen, watching those videos, art of phrasing after art of phrasing on the trumpet, what do you want to do? What do I you want? Wanna, to, what do I want to go do? there and grab the trumpet from them and beat them about the head with it? But I don't think it's so much because of the, the, it's the instrument so much oh. as the performance. Because I do think yeah. the, the other part, the other the other answer to your question is not just the lack of instrument. But the other part of it is this: because we want to teach them how to play musically on the trumpet. Because that is the primary instrument that they're going to be playing. So they should be doing that in practice as well. I would agree with that. So how yeah. do we change that? We got to put out which? more that they're not playing music when they're playing the trumpet on art of phrasing. Well, this comes down to pedagogy. And I think this is where the three of us agree <laughs> that the idea a lot of times, and I talk about this with my students on a very regular basis, especially when learning a new piece of music, their first goal is to get all the right notes. And that's the wrong goal. Right. You know, your first goal should be to make music. So yes. it, it, we need that's a pedagogical shift we need to have. And, and I make sure that band director's like, all right, make sure you get all the right notes. No, 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 no. Make sure this sounds like music. Right. Mm. Yeah, so Brian, I mean, curious, because, I mean, I'm, I would be a fan of this, too. I'm, I love it. I wish we started kids on cornet instead of trumpet, but um, I wish we would go back to that. But why, what are your, what's your premise for thinking that it'll end up being more musical and, They'll play I it more think, musically on the corner. I think people, uh, I think it's a more singing-oriented instrument and that the directional bright quality of the trumpet can tend to take people away from that a little bit. Right. It shouldn't, but I think it does. Yeah. And so it's a maybe, a, I don't know, a pathway to doing it. I mean, all of my guys play play cornet, right? The, right. Whole, the whole studio does. But I have a whole bunch of them here that they can, they can play and they right. play in the brass band. Um, 
but you know, I do want students to play. I spent actually this semester with a jazz trumpet student who mm -hmm. hit the thing he wanted to do was talk about how to play a phrase. Yeah. And so we talked about when we did art of phrasing every week, we played duets and we played art of phrasing every week. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about, you know, how you make these decisions. What would the chord be there? Where's that note leading? Where's that note coming from? Um, and we just tried it a bunch of different ways and he recorded himself. And I think it was helpful to his process. Right. And we did on trumpet cause he didn't, have, he didn't play cornet, but sure. But I agree. Yeah. yeah. So it works. Which you have to be able to do ultimately. But I think, I think mixing or blending in some of the cornet approach to trumpet playing is always a good thing. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't it be nice if everybody, if we had access to those instruments. Yeah. yeah. You do. You can, you can get them. They're you can get them. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I have students buying them. They're looking for them on eBay, oh, and I, I have it. several that have them now. One of my uh, grad students came in this week. He's like, so if I were going to look for, a, like, a cornet, I said, okay, used cornets are affordable. You can find yeah. them. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, Joey, what do you have for us? Well, this is normally a happy time. I got some sad news this weekend. Uh, Jose Sabaha, you know, old friend, called me this weekend to let me know that one of our old friends, uh, a guy named Jim Hacker, who's been a, a lead trumpet player, trumpet player in the, in the Florida area, been there forever and ever and ever, That's he died this weekend. Name. Oh, yeah. Oh man. And just, you know, he was on like on a gig. You know, he was out playing a gig where they had everybody <sighs> put up in a hotel and didn't come down for. So they they texted, they called, and they had, you know, the hotel people go and and find him in his hotel room. Oh, so. And everybody's put a bunch of stuff up online and everything. I met right. Jim when I first moved to Miami. We're about the same age. And I, this was my first meeting. I ended up getting called for, if you remember, the Four uh, four Tops and Temptations. They would tour yeah, together. Yeah, of course. And it was yeah. both of those shows. And he was playing lead, and I was there to play the third part. So I was new in town. And I'm like, all right, you know, we get there, and I introduce myself. Seems like this nice guy. And we start playing. So a lot of times I've got the bottom octave, right? So yeah. I'm playing the octave, and I'm thinking, Wow, this is really easy. Like everything, <laughs> everything you played was just right down the middle. I'm not searching at all was, for these notes. I'm, I'm not having to adjust or move around or try and get and find. He's just That's right awesome. there and yeah. easy. So it, just a great musician, great trumpet player, lovely man. Uh, and and I just I realized I hadn't talked to him in forever. But and how small the world is. When I was down in uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, one of the guys took me out to lunch there, one of the trumpet players, and, and he had said, oh, yeah, because I was in Miami. I don't know if you know Jim Hacker. I'm like, of course. And he goes, yeah, I studied yeah. with him, and he was one that helped oh. me out a whole lot coming back. Uh. I'm like, yeah, of course. You know, he had been teaching at Florida International University for years and years at this point. You know, I just want to take a second and, and, and say nice things about Jim as he was a great guy. That's well, how, hey, how old was he, Joey? Mid-50s. He's about my age. Yeah, yeah when I got down there oh to start my master's, I'd been out of school for four years to come back. He had just finished up his master's just before, and he just stuck oh. around. He was just yeah. sticking around in Miami to play because he was So he just know, played he there his whole, did his whole career there? Yeah, yeah. So, like, wow. I don't think a name, one of those, uh, like, when we talk about this, regionally well-known. Like, if you're in yeah, South right. Florida... You knew Jim Hacker because yeah. he, he was playing everything, you know, uh, and just a great trumpet player, great musician, and and been an educator for the uh, last several years as well at FIU. Wow. But you know, maybe not uh, as same national profile because he was just so busy in Florida, you know, doing all the stuff that was there. He was just lead working, working lead guy, great lead, lead guy, great trumpet player. I mean, yeah. did other stuff as well, but uh, yeah, definitely one of the things he did really well was wow. play lead, but also a great trumpet player. And just a, and just a good cat. Uh, so it kind of hit me hard. I'm, I'm, you know, I was 
That's you know, too bad. I get on the phone, and Jose and I, you know, normally we'll text, not call. So it's like, hey, man, I've got bad news. And we just sat there kind of, you know, sad on the phone uh, yeah, for a few right. minutes. As it yeah. was just, I, I, I appreciated hearing it from him. Uh, you know, you know he was and around Miami a lot longer than I was. Wow. But hit me kind of hard, and and this is one of those one of those people that was part of a real community and part of uh, at a high level playing and teaching and and just a good guy. So I just want to take a second and you know remember Jim as he was a, as yeah, a good cat no. that has gone way 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 too soon. It's not really okay. That's that's no. amazing. Yeah. yeah. What but a shame. It, you know what a, a reminder for all of us though, right? Like well, you you never know, of course. But man, the connections you build through this like this mm-hmm. thing we do are just incredible right yeah like the yeah. amount of people think about the amount of people we meet and the level at which we get to know people you know personally and yeah musically speaking it's a luxury yep. you know but yeah. then it's so painful when it comes to an act, I, you know? I was surprised at how hard it hit me because we haven't talked in uh at least a couple of decades but it was yeah. like it was like immediately just oh just like yeah. a gut punch that he's gone you know that's yeah, that's, that's horrible but yeah you need to bring been... us down uh let's Think good thoughts. Remember the good, great times we yeah. had. But uh, wow. he's, a, he's a he's a good cat that should be remembered well. So yeah. we'll take a second yeah. to do that here. But sure. Bill, what do you, what do you got for us today? Yeah. Cheer us up here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to cheer you up, and I'm going to cheer you up with the trumpet shell sound story. Oh, oh now we're because oh yeah, see. All right. So we just did the Messiah at Messiah. Now, how does this not an annual event? <laughs> it's a happens every four years. This Messiah, Messiah, this should be your calling card. You guys don't do this every Easter? Right? No. (laughs) Happens every four years. So this was my sixth run of it here. Right. Do the the whole thing. But this was different. I wanted to get your perspective on a couple things. So our new choral conductor, Joy Mead, did a beautiful job preparing the choir. It was a massive choir. It's a choral arts uh, choir, which is uh, some town folks plus our concert choir and singers from on campus and you know, really big choir and some really wonderful soloists, which included some alums. This is the first time that anyone has ever asked me to come to the front of the stage to play trumpet shell sound. Oh. Well, it's about time. I guess you finally I'm sound good on saying, it. I'm saying I'm barely getting better. <laughs> now, was this before the rehearsal or after? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. You know what? I think you're going to be good back there. In fact, could you push your chair back a little more? Yeah. Can you um, face the other direction? But no, she you know, she emailed me ahead of time and said, look, I, I'd really love for you to come up front and do this. So you're up there with the bass, you know. Right. And uh, but but you're welcome to stay at your chair. And I thought, well, you know, I've never done it this way before. Let's it is kind of awkward to be that far away from the soloist. I thought, well, we'll kind of go for it. The other soloist and the other soloist. Yeah. Yeah. You're a soloist. <laughs> there you go. I, exactly. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, uh, you know, it, it went really well. I was I was very happy. I like the way I played it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as long as you're happy with how you I'm very it. happy with it. You didn't tell any of it. No, <laughs> no. very little. Very little. Um, Ornaments but, second time around. Uh, so no, no dicapo. Oh no! God. What? Yeah. See, oh, right to the end. A, you played the trumpet is only going to sound about half of it. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's why you just sounds pick. a little. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, trumpet anyway. half sounds. Yeah. So my my student James, this was sort of a side by side orchestra thing that right. we did, right? So yeah. faculty brought students. So James was playing uh, was playing second. He did a fantastic job, and uh, so afterwards he said, "Man." How many times have you played that? Yeah. And then I went, um, oh man. <laughs> yeah. A lot. You had to pull out an abacus? To I had to like... be exactly, you know. <laughs> well, when I first started keeping score, it was just a mark on the wall. <laughs> right. But now, 
<laughs> I use a paper book. Um, he keeps it in pages. But it, it got me thinking, <laughs> exactly, that I want to urge younger players in particular to go ahead and run that tally. Because right. it's too, I mean, if I asked you to come up with this now, how many times have you done Trumpet Shell Sound? But, but between church gigs and, and you know, yeah. Easter stuff and runs of the Messiah, whatever. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but if you're a younger player, you still have a chance to keep track of this kind of stuff. Right. Sure. That there might was be kind of fun. Just a couple of years ago where uh, the choir director wanted that and the prelude music to each service. And we did three services. Right. Yeah. So. So we bam, started bam, that bam. in the prelude music and ended with the, the hallelujah chorus. Right. Like three services mm -hmm. in a row. Yeah. That was something. But we did the trumpet shall sound all the way through. Yeah. Well, so, so Brian like, for you, that'd be like six of what you did. That's yeah, right. like exactly, <laughs> That's right. exactly. So, Brian, to answer your question, I just go ahead and ornament the first time through. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. You You're only doing it once. You throw those ornaments. You know what I mean? There. Just a little. You know, just a little bit here and there. That's so much. tasteful. You know, just enough. Did the bass do that as well? Uh, no. Straight up. I think he was just singing. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Okay. But I did yeah, get a great, keep, great keep compliment. Track. Keep track. Great compliment. Somebody said, well, when I saw the trumpet come to the front of the stage, I thought, well, that's going to be, you know, we're never going to be able to hear the singer. But it was amazing that you could play that softly when he was singing. We could still, and I was like, it's my job. It's yeah. my job. Yeah, that's well, my job. Either that or Brian was playing it from Jersey. I have <laughs> musical taste. Yeah, that wouldn't work for me. No. <laughs> Nobody would hear anything. So have you gone the to the front of the stage to play it with the bass, or do you typically stay in the section? Stay in the section. Yeah, just yeah. stay there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like the was... idea of being like essentially side by side. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool to be up there. That's so you did cool. the did you do the um, Hallelujah chorus? I did that. Back, also then... walked to the front of the stage for that. <laughs> well, at this point, I thought, why not? Um, and then walked no, to the front. Hallelujah chorus. I usually just stand on my chair. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, so, so then I just stayed because that's part three, or sorry, part the third. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just. Sat through those couple of arias, and then when the bass came out, then I went to the front, and it was cool. Nice, yeah. Nice. He did the little wretched, and then off we went. So yeah, beautiful. But yeah, so two part story. One is that, that you know I got to actually go out front, and the second thing is keep score, right? I like it. Be kind of fun to keep track of that over your career. It's too yeah. late for me. No, kids. I was just uh, I was just listening to uh, Smartless, a podcast. I don't know if you've heard this podcast. It's uh, mm. uh, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean oh. Hayes. It's oh, wow. basically three Hollywood guys talking. So about the like, trumpet? No, they don't talk about trumpet. They usually have a guest on, Sounds and then they kind of talk to each They give each other a hard yeah. time right. and interview. They had Rob Lowe on as their guest. Mm. And Rob Lowe, now, Will Arnett often gives uh, Jason Bateman a hard time about being a child star. Rob Lowe, also a child star. So they decided, let's throw out a name, and you give me a story. So he threw out the name, like, Pia Zadora, and immediately Rob Lowe. So... Bam, store. <laughs> wow. You know, it was just right on. And so he threw out one, like, Telly Savalas. And, and Jason Bateman's like, yeah. I don't really have one, but I do believe, well, my now, my uh, my wife and Jennifer Aniston are really good friends, and I believe that he's Jennifer Aniston's godfather. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, gosh. Like that fast. Telly you know? Savalas. Yeah. The Greek connection. Wow. Uh, but it was, wow. uh, you know, like that kind of... Uh, that kind of connectedness and kind, mm -hmm. kind of funny. But the, uh, you talk about all the people you meet, because I've identified that people say, like, well, have you ever met? Oh, well, yeah, of course. I played a gig and we did this thing. Yeah, why aren't we keeping track? Why aren't we writing these things down? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. kind of fun to keep a tally. Well, if you're just out there yeah. gigging, you're just going from the gig to gig to gig. Right. right. You're just doing really it all the time. You don't it. realize what you're yeah. actually doing. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But, you know, something like significant, like, I don't know, trumpet shell sound, maybe might be kind of cool to keep track of it. I would like to know how many times I've played in the mood. Oh. Because <laughs> I, I, I did the time on the wow. Miller Band. We also used it when yeah. I was in the Army as a closer. You know, I've done it as a soloist, like Doc Severinsen's version with orchestras. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the first thing I ever played with Cincinnati well, Pops. You know, like I want to. I, I wow. like. I, I don't know what that tally is. You got two of those with the Rockway Big Band because we opened with a Tizik and closed with a Garland. So there you go. Add two. See, it's everywhere. That's one one day. Yeah, that's everywhere. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, boys, it's game time. Of course um, it is. Which no. is, as far as you know, or as far as you don't, may have already started. We already might be playing the game because it's time for Clueless. No. <laughs> Joey's Joey's favorite game ever. No. Now, is this the same clueless that we played before? Yeah. It clueless. Maybe. This is how it works. So it's oh, the same man. game. It's the same game. It's a continuation of the game, actually. It's it never con- stopped. It sort of never stops. Kind of begins. I mean, we just you know, we just kinda chat. That's clueless. <sighs> you don't have any clues, you don't know what I'm really looking for, but I assign points to things. I'm a little angry. <laughs> Oh, just man. think of it as just a conversation between people who used to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, so this week, for example, um, a student was in talking about, you know, she's going to save up a little bit of money and, and, you know, what kind of horn should they look for? I'm thinking, like, there's so many, like, what do you do? There's so many brands of horns. I mean, it's crazy, right? It is crazy. I mean, they could be looking for a, a Bach trumpet. They Bach could be 37. Looking, they could be looking for a Shire's. Mm-hmm. They could they could be looking for a cornet. Shire's Q series. They could be looking for a piccolo trumpet. Yeah. Well, yeah. They could be looking for a flugelhorn, like Yamaha makes good mm-hmm. horns. Mm-hmm. They could be getting a Getzen pick. Uh, the old oh Getzen still makes some good trumpets. Yeah. They, I, I did mention the piccolo trumpet. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 And, and I've got an, students looking if, for all sorts if of if different kinds of horns. E flat trumpet. You know, mm-hmm. you could be looking. I mean, that, boy, that Shires is pretty nice. I like my BNS. I like that nice. a lot as well. The Longbell Bach, the old 189, is really I good. I don't like those. Oh, I like that a lot. I've got one right really? there. Really? Oh, yeah. No. All kinds what? of trumpets, so like the one cornets like... or piccolos? All What's sorts that? of trumpets. I, I was looking back to the Bach thing. That's The the D is the, the D, and the E flats, is, they're separate horns. They're not interchangeable horns, right? No, no the one Bach I have is the D E flat, the Longbell. Oh, it is. I've got slides for both. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, don't like those. Oh, those are really good. This is yeah. a weird but combination. D, D trumpets, you want good D trumpets out there? That Bach is a good D. Just play yeah. your pick. You got C trumpet. He wants a good C. One always want a good C trumpet. Don't we got to have a G trumpet though? Yeah. Oh, the four valve Stomvi is a mm. that's a that's a good mm-hmm. G trumpet. Yeah. I want one of those. What's yeah. the one you have, Bill? Your oh, G I trumpet? have the uh, my my FG trumpet is the Yamaha. He's got the mm-hmm. Yamaha FG. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good yeah. that's a good horn right there. Yeah, because like you know, I as people think because I play Shires. I mean, obviously I steer them to Shires, but I I'm I'm cool with whatever they find. Like a lot of the stuff you guys have mentioned, you know, we've talked before about the Gets and Pick and all that kind of stuff. I think are a lot of great horns out there. There are like uh, I know Bill has an old soft spot for the old recording, for example, oh, as a B flat yeah. trumpet. Yeah, I can <laughs> definitely see one. I can see one from no. here. I got that's... a couple gigs in May. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
Price keeps getting higher on that thing too. Exactly. <laughs> it just went up again. <laughs> I so <laughs> because we're playing clueless. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of time in the in the trumpet curriculum as it is super crowded. Uh how much time do you guys how much do you weave in history? How much do you weave in trumpet history to your teaching? Like specific history or just yeah, I mean whatever. Anything historical that you think matters. Uh-oh. Oh, Brian's got Brian. a book. Got the Kettle Drummer. Is that the Altenberg? What is it's that? It's not the Altenberg. It's the Rene Dalquist, the key oh, trumpet Dahlquist, and its yeah. greatest virtuoso, Anton Weininger. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> the book. Locked and loaded. Brass press right here on my desk. I don't know. I, I think when introducing like the Arbins and the Clark book, rather than just telling them their names on the cover, they should know who those people were. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, right? that's so, a good way to go about it, right? Yeah, so I, I generally think it's contextual. Uh, it's with undergrads, I'm not throwing a ton of history in there. Uh, but when we're introducing new pieces, new books, new stuff, so we're talking anybody we introduce, like, so you know who this is and what they did. Sure. Mm -hmm. I sure. think that's important. Do you direct them to the TAR article in New Grove? Sure. Or TAR's book? Yeah, I find yeah. right Mine's that right was there. the the trumpet. The did, trumpet you buy, yeah. did you buy the uh, the translation? Yeah, the Stephen. Steve, it's Stephen Plank translation, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He yeah. was he was a he's a professor at Oberlin. And I, you know, I keep I keep certain books around. I do have uh, Hickman's trumpet pedagogy book. Oh yeah, there are parts yeah. of that which are definitely worth checking out. Uh, you know, so uh, as far as the history thing goes, I mean. I think we as a podcast have brought more awareness to Anton Weidinger than maybe anybody <laughs> ever, any doctoral thesis has ever done. That's true. Wait till those t-shirts come out. Yeah. <laughs> so they need to know, you know, who he was. So when you get to Weidinger and you get Haydn, you get Va Hummel. And Valentine Snow. Valentine Snow. I mean, uh, Gottfried Reicha. And, you know, these are the these are the people that. <laughs> these are people. When, when yeah, talking about these, people. when talking about these composers, I yeah. do think, hey, you should know. How come box trumpet parts are so crazy? And he had a guy. He had a guy. Everybody's got a guy. He's got a guy. But not everybody had Gottfried, right? No, his guy no, was a little true. better than Handel's guy. Yeah. <laughs> true. So his trumpet no parts are like, hey, I can write Valentine this. Snow. Because yeah, I mean, look in look in modern times. If if Wayne wasn't playing in uh, the big fat band. And it was someone else. Don't you think those lead parts might be a little different? Probably. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So you know, it is. I think it is contextual in that way. So, so you, Hyde you and Bach. Hyde and Bach. They get together. They're having a conversation. Right. How does How does that go? What do you think? I don't think they ever get to talk about trumpet players. I don't think they cared that much. <laughs> Haydn and Bach are going to get together. I'm just saying. Let's say they somehow magically got together. You know, they'd be like. Yeah, I'm writing this thing. And he's like, oh, I got a guy. So Haydn's like, hey, I, I got, got this a guy. thing. Check this out. And Bach's going to look over and say, why are you just keeping them on trumpet parts? Why don't you have some? My guy can play anything. My guy can do all that. I got this guy, Godfrey. Yeah. He can play it all. Amazing. He's like, well, yeah. Valentine's solid. Hmm. <laughs> but not really. He's the best timpani player I've ever had. Hey, he can play, but he can't play. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, uh, let's let's talk about this. Uh, you know, jazz is hard to teach and kind of bring into the regular studio teaching that we do. How, talk about that for a minute. Joey I don't doesn't think, think jazz is hard to teach. That's the first just, thing I was going to say. He just <laughs> thinks people do it wrong. I don't think jazz is hard to teach. I think mm -hmm. it's something that is taught poorly. 
Yeah. Uh, the pedagogy's terrible. Uh, uh, pedagogy's gotten a lot better in our lifetimes. Um, when I started, it was just, you know, hey, man, hear it and play. So uh, if you couldn't hear That's it. still out there. Or you didn't know what That's to listen for. You got to get with the records. So, right. Uh, listening is important, but, you know, you, you got to get the history of jazz is the history of recorded music. So you can start with Louis Armstrong. Like you mm -hmm. can just go listen to Louis Armstrong and hear what it was like 100 years ago because we have recordings. You know, yeah. you can go right there. You can, you know, you can listen to Dizzy Gillespie. You can listen to Miles Davis. You can listen to Freddie Hubbard. You can listen to anybody you want to. So is that, that's the assignment? They're listening to these things. That's how that's you do it. That's your way in. That's okay. part of the assignment. Yes. Okay. That listening without hearing it and without really understanding that style and knowing what you want to sound like, you've got zero shot. Right. So if you've never listened to jazz and say, I'm going to be a jazz player, uh, what do I need to do? Well, learn this theory and learn these chord changes. And that, <laughs> learn that's this very symbol. limited in, in <laughs> learn its approach. Learn these scales. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then, oh, yeah, you need chords. You need, you, need, you, need, you need a little bit of theory. You do need... Uh, you know, uh, transcribing, you know, which is listening. But the idea of who do you want to sound like or how do you want it to sound is first, right? We want to talk about making music, not about mm -hmm. getting all the right notes, the same thing we were talking about before. Right. So, yeah, do you need to learn melodies? Yeah. Then you got to say, okay, what, what, what song do you want to learn? Let's learn some melodies. Let's learn standards. And then we want to learn changes. Okay, what cool. chord goes there? Okay, what does that mean? So you got to know what the chord is. That's a little bit of theory. Then there are scales can go with chords. You can tie cool. these things together. Now you got something to do. Right. Brian, Pretty you're simple. saying nothing. Brian, you're... No. He, he... I'm totally in. I think it's correct. Wow. All right. But, so... But ahead. the way you label chords is important. Yeah, you're... I know that's a hard one for you. Yeah. Oh, well, the what, way they do it. The way they label chords. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, they talk about a dominant. Well, because jazz theory is functional theory. Like so, the way the way you may have learned chord symbols, if you came up to a classical tradition, and language might, might be a little bit confusing. Yeah, and just the way we talk about them, like a, a jazz musician will say C seven, and you might think, well, what does that mean? Well, that means C dominant seventh, mm -hmm. right? And you don't have to say dominant; you say C seven. It's there. The fifth you know? of F. Well, sure, but that may or may not be what its function. You said at the dominant. Time. That word means something in music, in Western music. But mm -hmm. C seven by itself doesn't necessarily mean Correct. it's a five chord. But you said it's a dominant automatically. <laughs> it's a dominant chord. It doesn't mean its function is a a five. That's what a five does. Not every that's what time. Dominant means not every time. In theory, that's what it means. Not no, in jazz. Dominant is the name of a chord, not a name of a function. <laughs> in this particular case. But it could have a dominant function. For example, look at the blues, right? If we look at the blues, mm -hmm. the one chord in a blues is a dominant seventh chord. It's not a major chord. It's not a minor chord. It's, it's a, a dominant one chord. seventh chord. The five chord is the dominant chord. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not its only function. All right. Okay, good. Moving on. So like an offshoot to the jazz thing, of course, are high note guys, great high note guys. Where do sure. you? Meatheads. You putting in the mix there, meatheads. <laughs> Well, you know, I love the high note guys. I mean, we just mentioned Wayne Bergeron before. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. we're talking about lead players today, we got to start Here's there. His list. He's great. Yeah. And he's doing it. And, I mean, so if we're going to jump around, we can jump around the country. Are we going all time? Are you going now? We're, you know, I don't know. Because uh, we go to New York. We got Tony Cadillac's out in New York. He's playing great. I was just talking to somebody about him a couple weeks ago. The name came up. I'm like, yeah, we talked about him on here. Yeah. yeah. Love, yeah. love Tony. Uh, uh, 
Frank Green, an old friend of mine, he's playing lead on the Basie Band right now. We've been uh, texting. We regularly text about Waffle House as it's important to both of us. Yes. But Frank is a great lead player. He's been in New York for, well, a long time now, which is kind of funny because he's from California. Um, gosh, Liesl? I know I could go all the way. Lisa Whitaker, who's Whitaker. on Broadway right now. She's yeah. you know, retired from the Army. and is What's up she playing, playing now? She's playing Some Like It Hot on Broadway right now. Um, Did she move is, to the city? Uh, I'm not sure. It appears she's at least living up there part-time. Uh, I think she's made it fairly public that she and another uh, split lead player, Kenny Rampton, are in a relationship. So I know that they've been uh, right. spending time yeah. together. Kenny's not the good one. If we're talking uh, Lincoln Center, we're right there. Ryan Kaiser's been playing lead on that band for a while. He sounds yeah. okay. So he's pretty good. Uh, Sean Jones <laughs> was on before him. He's also yeah, pretty good. He's pretty good. You know, guys uh, can play. I mean, the number of guys that you could name, but high yeah, note guys. I know I mean, guys. Yeah. I played on Maynard's band. You know, I've got Bill Chase records on the wall Dang. here. I mean, yeah. the, there it is. You named the, it. The number of guys yeah. that you could go in that era are just crazy. I, mean, I, right? I could go on forever. Unbelievable. I keep talking guys. until the end of time for about high crazy. note guys. Yeah. A lot. Just so many. So but not many. Joey. Joey's well, not just a I was high waiting note for guy. Brian to mention Joey's a high note guy, but yeah. I mean that's all that's all I he does nice. really. I I do play high notes. He so. does play high notes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. Sure. So I was thinking the other day, uh if if you you know, we've tried to do like the United States of Trumpet where we've, you know, like picked a player from every state, but if then ultimately you zoomed out and thought in the United States, would there be an epicenter of trumpet? What would that be? Where would that be? Yeah. The epicenter of trumpet in the United States. Yeah. Right? Well, we've always said that all things trumpet go through Bill. <laughs> Mechanicsburg, so Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's easy to make a New York argument, which is the sheer volume of music and players. Mm -hmm. It's also yeah. an easy way to uh, mention Los Angeles for the same reason sheer volume of players but we may want to look at chicago yeah we got the orchestra and all of the teaching pedagogy and players that have come through and also makers right because uh mm -hmm. you know shilke mm -hmm. still is based out sure. of chicago dave mm -hmm. monette actually who lived in chicago made horns for a while That's um funny. you know elkhart indiana is not, not very far, far away from the chicago you can be there pretty fast and Elkhart's still a, a mainstay of places. Epicenter of trumpet. It'd be, yeah, those Chicago. Are, yeah. So the big, I mean, that's, I guess that's, you know, three of the largest cities we have in the country. It's not surprising that's where I'd go. Where else would you think is an epicenter of trumpet? What town has the most professional trumpet players working full time? I would think New York with Broadway. If you consider the what about know, the, DC? the number the number of orchestras and mm. the and Broadway, I think even they even have more than DC. More than DC with the bands, all the military bands. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean the DC Baltimore area is also good. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, I think yeah. New York probably still has more players. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be. yeah. But Washington DC is a good call. That's a good call. Wow, good game, good game, boys. Nice job. You guys are terrible at this game. <laughs> no kidding. There's no game. It's There's a game. game. Joey, we're you're all, a lot better at, at this game than Brian is because Brian just doesn't say anything. No. I don't know where you're going with it. And you have to stuff. say things to, to score points. <laughs> all right. You, so you so how do we do? About points. So I had, I had five categories. Yeah. 
I tried to lead you into these categories, hoping that you would say the right things. Sure, sure I said a lot of two things. of them. Joey said a lot of things. Joey stumbled on two points in the first category, which was just brands of horns. Yeah, I named way more than two brands of horns. No, you named a lot, but I was only looking for one brand, and you said that brand twice, which was Yamaha. Yeah, <laughs> I did say it twice. Okay. Now, while Brian came out of the shoots on the second one a little faster with dropping Anton Weidinger within the first two seconds, then he trailed off quickly, and then Joey said the name two more times. That's the only name we're looking for? Anton Weidinger. Is so there's only, there's only one thing? Just, Oh, it's a, just looking for that thing. Okay, yeah, that was the thing that, that I had decided I was going to get points for. And the next one, finally, Joey stumbled on the word transcription. Brian just sat there with his teeth in his mouth. <laughs> I was looking for the word transcription. Okay, yeah. And then high note. That guys, was not clear. No, it was not supposed to be clear. It's clueless. That's the game. Nobody and then fourteen eight four. High note, guys. No one said Cat Anderson. Oh, that would have gotten points. Actually. Yeah. It's amazing how many other high note guys you got. It's almost like you're a high note guy. Yeah, I do know a lot about this. <laughs> Cat Anderson is a good call there. Cat Anderson would have gotten you points instead. Yeah. Goose eggs all around. Across the board, yeah. And I don't know what the epicenter of Trumpet is, but I thought I'd throw it out there. But the word I thought that you would come up with would be New York. That's the that's where I thought you were going to say. And so Joey got three points because he said New York three times. So it's three eight times. to one. Joey wins oh, clueless. Yeah. I am the clueless master. Joey is <laughs> clueless. <laughs> we all agree on that. Finally, something we could agree on. King clueless. Wow. Well done, boys, but not really. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to need to. Eight points? I did you did well. well. You did pretty well. I I think I'm going to have to send you the original. I'm going to have to send you the origin of this. Yeah, I don't need to hear that. And so you guys can see, what, see what's up to you. Although you're that getting better. me at all. You're getting worse at it, which is actually better. All right. Time for a couple things. If we've done nothing else, we have at least illuminated the contributions of perhaps the greatest trumpeter ever to live, Anton Weidinger. Of course. Now we're so today, somewhere. we use his name to make a point and to represent a phenomenon in our world. Keeping up with the Weidingers of the world, or at least those we perceive as being great, can be exhausting. Stay in your lane. Do your own thing. Don't get distracted by someone else's accomplishments. The Weidinger principle, see what I did there, can be deadly. This is a huge problem. Now, I want to I want to tell you one story about this gone right, right? Mm -hmm. So, as a freshman in high school, uh, my high school band director had told everybody that there would be no freshmen in the jazz band. My jazz band director just came to my middle school and said, "Come audition." So, <laughs> he stuck me in. So I was the only freshman in high school jazz band. I was playing fourth, fifth trumpet. The guy I was playing lead that year is a junior. His name is Mark Matthews. I've talked about him before mm -hmm. because when I listened to him play lead. He could play shakes better than I could oh. play shakes. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it would have been very easy for me to just go, well, he's older. Or, yeah, but I beat him in the, in the concert band tryouts. Right? Mm -hmm. I could have done any of these things. I did not do any of these things. But I thought to myself, well, he can do that. And I can't do that as well. Maybe that's something I should go practice. <laughs> now, this part yes. is, I think, okay. This so, is okay. Like, because if I just sat back and gone, well, he's good. I'm terrible. Or, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, then not, not, I don't get any better. 
that's only right. destructive. And I think this is what happens this is what we're talking about. This is what this happens is what way too often. About. You hear somebody and you recognize how many times have we heard people say something like, I listened to a recording of blah, 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 and now I just want to quit. Yes. And I think to myself, that kind of thing drives me crazy. I don't like that at all. You're saying it's so good that you don't want to play anymore? Isn't that the opposite of what should be happening? Because you'll never be able to do that thing. Right. right. But I listen to those things and go, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. And then usually, how can I do that? How can I figure it out? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, this is what I brace for ITG every year, right? Because you're walking out of a concert, something's great, and people are like, man, I'm just going to sell my trumpets. Right. I'm giving up after that. And I know crazy. it's meant as a compliment in a way, but like it is. No, but I, I don't like it. No, it makes me crazy too. It's a yeah. little weird, right? You know, you know the idea of you hear something and go, <laughs> "Okay, that was amazing." So here's the logic problem. I've proposed this problem to many people in the past. If you hear it, that means it's possible, and if it's possible, that means it can be done. And if it can be done, why can't you do it? What, yeah, that's you? your whole theory. Yeah, why right? can't you do it? Yep. So yeah. then anything you hear where you're like, oh, that person's great and I suck, you're looking at it completely wrong. Let me well, be very you clear with to, you. To teaching, you're, right? I, well, I well, do apply teaching. That's stu- no, what if you apply the uh, the same thinking to teaching? Wow, that studio's really great. My studio's not really great. I should just stop teaching. I'm just going to stop teaching. Yeah, I'm right. just going to stop trying. Yeah. Oh, I do think people do that. I do what? think people just uh, they or they maybe not quit, but just sort of live with the idea of well, can't my be done stu- here. My students just aren't very good, right? <laughs> yeah, they have better students. They have more money. That's right. Of course, they're better. Yeah, yeah. they're taller. Whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. You know. Whatever. Whatever excuse you want to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know yeah, that's what it is. It's an excuse. It is. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about Vince a lot on here. You know, but Vince moved to Kentucky with his like first big teaching job. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a lot going on at the University of Kentucky before he got there. No. But boys, no. really suddenly after that, good trumpet players started coming out of there pretty fast. Yeah, how did that I guess I guess just different people started going to school there? Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Bit of a mystery. But you it's know. a crazy, this is wired into our ego, right, with trumpet players. You spend more time worrying about what the other person is capable of doing or doing in the practice room than you are like you've yeah. got to divert that energy into getting better. Right, right. You can and, be motivated by this. And you should be motivated by this, not destroyed by it, because this is a, a practice room problem as well. If you're in a practice room and you hear somebody that you perceive as doing something you can't do coming out of a practice room that you can hear, then your inclination can be to start making sure you sound good in a practice room, which is the opposite of what you should be doing not in what a you practice should be room. Doing. Right. Right. You, you've actually got to think, all right, what am I, you know, what what do I want to accomplish? So if you hear something that's amazing, go, all right, how do I get there? That should be what you're doing. Yeah. How do I that, do that? I mean, that's what I'm doing. Like, you Is know, it, I remember it, the yeah. first time I heard Maynard's band having a very conscious thought as an 11 year old. <laughs> I didn't know we could do that. I want to do that. <laughs> you know, right. and then start figuring that out. And I'm sitting next to my teacher who would play for me and I'm going, I don't sound like that. I want to sound. I didn't just go like, well, he's my teacher. He's supposed to sound great. I thought, okay, I want to sound more like that. So I'm going to take that into the practice room. Right. Right. This is what we got to keep doing. You know, you shouldn't be using it to beat you down. You should be using it to raise yourself up. Right. Are people really using it to, as a way to, or do they really see it as a, 
as a reason they shouldn't practice to get better? Like, uh-huh. they, it's depressing to them when yes. they hear these great players? Yes. Really? Absolutely. Yes. And what should happen instead is they should go into that practice room, right, and start a conversation with that person and say, hey, how are you doing that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, what are you working on there? Yeah, what do you got there? How did yeah. you get to be able to do that? Well, yeah. I do have students who, who, you know, they hear the older students and they're shocked when they realize that the older students sounded like them as a freshman. Right. Like they didn't right. always, Luke didn't always sound like that, you know? Right, right. And they're like, the students are shocked. But over the years, I've said that to, to students that said, like, I didn't play like you when I was a sophomore in college. I didn't figure that out yet. Yeah, yeah. I didn't play that well. I didn't make yeah. that sound. And they're yeah. so stunned. They're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But yes. you, but you can't just before. turn it off. There is no born with it. Let's just make that very, very clear. And <laughs> yeah, even if Brian. you hear somebody, uh, I think it was Vince who told me the story. There was somebody that showed up and was ready to leave after their first couple of days at Eastman because they heard this this kid who was a freshman that sounded better than anybody they've ever heard. Oh, and it was yeah. Alan Vizzuti. <laughs> and, and Vince was like, I had to talk him off the ledge. You know, like, no, you're going to be fine. Right. Like, it's, it, that's, wow. that's Alan. Yeah, he's really good. It's fine. You know, because yeah. he was certainly really, really good, even even young. But that doesn't mean other people aren't. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you can't get there. I mean, everybody grows at a different rate. Yeah. You know, you just got to be willing to put the time in and do it. But it sure is easy to get, you know, you get distracted by this thing. It can. Yeah, Brian, I think it is depressing. So it, people it, then just I, give up. Really? I have this problem very regularly here at IU because mm-hmm. I will have students that show up here as grad students. They might come from some smaller programs, and they play mm-hmm. really, really well. But they've left a small program where they were one of the best undergrads, and they come here, and a lot of the undergrads here are very, very, very good. And they come yeah. in thinking, all right, now I'm a big, you know, I'm a big shot grad student. And then the auditions maybe aren't placing, you know, uh, as well as they think, and, and maybe in the middle of where a bunch of undergrads are. And they're like, man, should I just quit? And I've had that happen with a number of grad students that I get here. And I'm like, no, of course not. I, I'm not accepting students that I think should quit. I'm accepting grad students that I think are good. Right. Like, yeah, but, you know, that kid's a sophomore. Yeah, I don't care. It's not. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, well, I guess you should catch up then. So, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. time to get It's time Practice to get work. are down that hall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, that's the thing. You have a choice of what you do with that information, right? Yes. You could shut down or you could just dig in and go for it. And the digging in and going for it becomes very specific because this is where you got to go next. You got to be thinking if you hear somebody and you think, oh, crap, I want you to identify exactly what made you think that. Yeah, is it you know, one of my oh, one of my good beautiful. friends? This is good. One of my good friends. Uh, I'll out him right here. His name is Sean Edmonds. He plays on Broadway. He plays on the Basie Band. He's played on TV. When he was an undergrad, he was a year ahead of me in school. There was he, he, one of the things he struggled with was range. And this was not one of the things I struggled with when I was an undergrad. Right. So what I used to do back then. Or ever. It's just started, natural, Joey. You just was, always had it. You were born with first, it. First day I picked the horn, blazing double C. It's your tuba yeah. setup. So, That's why exactly. it works for you. That's why it works. Yeah. So I was in a practice room doing the very infancy of the thing. And back mm-hmm. then what I used for range was Clark 5. Right. So I was right near the end, and I played all the way up to, because it ends on high F, but I just keep going. So I go up to A. He opens my practice room door. I'll never forget this. It's so funny. It's like, <laughs> oh, so that's the A. So just three more, B flat, B, C, and then you're done, right? And I looked at him and said, yeah, that's pretty much it. Fine. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. Do you want to sit down? And he closed the door. He's like, 
okay, what are you doing? How do you do this? There it <laughs> is. So, yeah. And, and so we sat down. I talked about, here's what I do every day. And I'm kind of doing them, working on this thing, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying I taught him anything. I'm not saying that. But I will tell you what he did tell me when I saw him <laughs> years later. Because we've seen each other occasionally through the years. I remember when he called me when, I think it was maybe Roy Hargrove was put together a big band. He's like, hey, I just need to let you know I'm playing lead on Roy's band. And I said, oh, does that book top out on A on top of the staff? Because <laughs> 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 that's what friends do. Uh, of course. <laughs> one, of the things, one of the things Sean did is he was out on cruise ships right after school. Yeah. So he was like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to shed. And so he really, you know, we were both classical trumpet majors. He shed his jazz playing. He shed his lead playing. He put his whole bunch of stuff together and went, I'm going to get better at this. And guess what? He did. Yep. Yeah. You know? So that idea. He sat in the practice room and was like, okay, what do you got? Tell me what you got and tell me how you're doing it. Yeah. But he that's he the, did that. He did that. And that's the way you break this cycle. Yeah. That's the way you break out of it is just not be afraid to have a conversation. And look, especially if you're in school, if you're doing the undergrad thing right now or even grad school, like – this is your chance. You're never going to be around this many trumpet players again, ever. That's correct. Like, unless yeah. it's a week at ITG or whatever. But, I mean, right. on a daily basis, you're surrounded by people. Yeah, you, you, know? should, you should be, and no offense to you personally, Brian, hanging regularly with all yes. of these people. And the people that you think, okay, that player does something that I really want to steal from them. Yeah, Befriend them fuel. and steal their stuff. You, yeah. If you haven't heard it, you can't conceive of it. Yeah, right. You have to know what's possible, what's out there. And some, you know, right. take notes on what those other folks are doing. You know, I love these scenarios, right? You got you got Valentine Snow and Anton yeah. Vininger. Yep. And they're in the practice rooms. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Vininger's playing pedal tones compared to what Snow's doing. And but he's also playing chromatically, which is going to confuse Snow. Yeah. yeah. Snow How do you has do that without crooks? He's got to come over, over and go. What do you got going on in there? Yeah. there? What, what do you got working there? Anton's gonna go check this. Check this out. Check this out. I got keys. I can play chromatically. Right. Where'd you get that? Yeah. How much are those? Yeah, I gotta get myself one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, hey, has Rika seen this? And Rika's gonna, yeah, Rika's in the d down the hall, just hammering yeah. high notes, hammering, <laughs> screaming. He goes, I never Peeling need to play that low. Yeah, he's like, what do you? What I do you need your that chromatics. for? I play high enough on the Overtone series. I can play any note I want. Yeah. <laughs> Have you not seen my picture with a hunting horn? <laughs> I look good in that the shot. Corner de Kacha. <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> Man, when I was in school, when I was in school in Kentucky, it was way back in the day. The trumpet studio took that picture of Rika. It was for a trumpet ensemble, a trumpet studio concert, and and with a Xerox machine, made the most believable picture. They cut out Kevin's face. Oh. And put it in the Rika, in Rika's in place of Rika's okay. face. Okay, I love this. Fantastic. That's gold. It was so good. It's beautiful. Pre Photoshop. Anyway. Photoshop. Pre Photoshop. Yeah. 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 And uh, beautifully done. But yeah, it was it was Kevin Kevin Eisenhuth as as uh, Gottfried Rika. Yeah. No, that's gold. But you <laughs> but don't you have think to do this with just with just technique. You can do this with music as well. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Because just the other day, one of my students sent me this video, and he's like, do you know what this piece is? And I'm like, oh, yeah, here. So he came into his lesson this week. Oh, so I found the piece. I got it. Can we work this out? Well, there you it? go. Mm -hmm. He heard what, something, what was... and instead of just going, yeah, that's cool. Right. Not just Went that's cool. It. That's cool, and I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than go, well, they get that, or those people get that. No, no, no. I want that. I'm going to go get it. 
Yeah, that happens here too. Uh, mostly, you know, because in wind ensemble section where they're rotating parts all the time, it's like, well, you know, I, I, she got that because she plays. She's like the lyrical player, and but I, and I get this, but I'm upset that I didn't get that or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. well, well, you should just learn to do that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Why don't you add that to your arsenal of things? Why not get better at that? Only yeah. do one thing. Get better at that thing, or just you know, be better. I just, did hear a Karen Belisnik solo, and I thought, wow, that solo sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. And I, so I ordered it, and I got it, and I went, oh, I can't play that. <laughs> <laughs> you had to see it to know that? Yeah. yeah. She you made it sound asked, easy. You could have yeah. told, asked us. We would have told you you can't play yeah. Her <laughs> then, flexibility. Oh, no. man, I remember when she was competing in NTC. I'd never heard flexibility like that. Yeah, she was all over the horn. Yeah, was, it oh, was yeah. pretty crazy. I would like to do that. Oh, no, I can't do that. Nice. I'll put that in a folder. She Save hasn't that for sent us a sweatshirt else. pick. We should call her. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna we, need that. We might, we might need that. Yeah. So, but I, I think you know it's kind of funny because we're looking ahead now because we're only what uh, are we a month out from uh, about a month out? About less a month than, out. Less, less than a month. Less than a month now. Wow. About two, from two and a half weeks from right from now. From ITG. Yeah. yeah. We better start practicing that sixteenth note passage Bill wrote for us. Sure. Yeah. Piece of cake. You guys, I know you're not practicing it. It's all I've been practicing all day. Really. Well, it will. It's not that hard, Is unless it? you don't practice double tonguing every day. It, Who yeah. doesn't practice double tonguing every day? Lots I of people. Yeah, I guess everybody maybe. needs to practice double tonguing every day. Everybody That's all needs I do. to. That's all I do every day. It's, it's shocking. Bill wrote a piece that has seven eight in it. By the way, so <laughs> why? So I was just making. Fun I thought of it was sarcasm because yeah, I was like, use seven eight. Seven, so eight, wait, five, eight. that's not double tongue. Oh, there's a double tongue one. That's double tongue yeah. section. Yeah, you're on B flat for that part. Don't worry. After yeah, the, where, wait, after where's the, the one that's supposed to go up the octave? Is that into one sixteen? That's that the previous uh, dueling section. That's closer to the beginning, okay. right after the seven eight. That first section or the second section? I think it's the first section that's got. Yeah, we're, we'll eight VA that for you. You got it. I don't have to tongue that. That'll be easy. Exactly. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> I have to tongue any of that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. going to be great. You guys yeah. got to be out in Minnesota for this. It's going to be awesome. But here we are headed into ITG where we're going to hear this commentary over and over again, like just shaking your head and walking away like you never be able to do it. No, like let that stuff fuel the fire. No, that's yeah. got to be it. You got to go. Now I'm going home and getting that. Totally. Exactly. Absolutely. And have a conversation with someone while you're there. Yeah, ask right, them what they do. Don't be afraid to say, how'd you do that? Yeah. You show, hey, listen, well, you, I heard you do this well. Using? No. <laughs> and please don't ask. I mean, yeah, if you're curious, ask them what mouthpiece and what their horn, if you just want to know. But that's you not the important what part. What mouthpiece is that? But if you're saying, here, I really admire this about your playing. What did you do to be able to do that like that? Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. reasonable question to ask somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you are the person receiving the mouthpiece question, please lie to it. Yeah. Whatever it is, just say, I play a box 7C. <laughs> oh, wow, that hurt. So, so all three of us. Really anybody hurt. asks us what mouthpiece you play at ITT, the only answer is I play box seven C. You? Mm-hmm. We should just have them in our pockets so we can show them. I'm gonna wear one around my neck. Now we're getting. Oh, we get picket to make one like you know a lanyard. Yeah, seven like a seven C lanyard. lanyard. Well, anyway, the point of all this is it's easy to just shut down when you hear somebody who's playing great or doing something better than you, right, or has accomplished something. But ultimately, what you need to do is hit that head on, Yep. whether it's have a conversation or just decide yourself that you're going to go practice and be better. 
be better. Just be better. Agreed. Yeah. All right, boys, time for no offense. Go do it. Look, you can't be scared away when someone does something great. Even the great Anton Weidinger, as impressive as he is, was. (laughs) And I'm sure that everyone from still is. Is. For miles around was scared. Yeah. But we've got to take what Weidinger did and use it to our own betterment. Well, he was the cat, right? He was the cat. Everybody knew him. He was a local cat. Yeah. Yeah. He, but he revolutionized Trevor Plan. Yes, he did. He might have been the yeah. Steph Curry of, of his day. Really? Yeah. If you think about what Steph Curry did in the NBA. He changed the NBA. He changed yeah. the way people think about scoring. Instead of taking a few threes, hoping to get an extra point here and there, take a lot of them and overwhelmingly make more points with the idea of like a keyed trumpet. What if I had a trumpet, but I could play chromatically? Change the way people wrote for the instrument. Change the way we perform. Yeah. There okay. Get yeah. the analogy. Yeah. Love the sports analogy. I know. I know we have a you, lot of sports fans out there. You play golf? So. No, right. it's just, it's just like, like that. Gold. Keyed bugle, just like that. Exactly. Just like keyed bugle. Just like golf. Just like hitting your driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. When you hear something, think, all right, how would I get to there? That should be what, instead of, oh, man. I stink and they're great. Think, wow, that's awesome. I want to do that. It's really right. that simple. That's step one. Yeah. Do we think Vitinger ran away from this kind of stuff? He no. invented a whole new instrument. Yeah. That's a commitment. That's that's committing to the bit. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> he totally could. Well, he probably heard Reich and was like, oof. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do the other end of the instrument. I'm going to have to go the other way. I'm taking this guy out. <laughs> At the knees. <laughs> I'm not going to chase him up t- up there where yeah. he is. Yikes. All right, boys. Well, that should about do it for today. Hey, stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors. And don't run away. Just think, what would Anton do? So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell. <laughs>